Wow, what a great day to be together. Welcome to Christ Journey Church. If this is your first time with us, then it is my special privilege as senior pastor to welcome you to Christ Journey Church Miami, Gables Campus, Kindle Campus, or Church Online across the nation, around the world. Thank you so much for being with us. Now, speaking of around the world, I have recently returned from a dental with a dental team from Beirut, Lebanon, where we were serving refugees from all over that part of the world. Uh, it was amazing. Maybe I'll have a little bit more time to talk about it at the end of the talk. But for now, I just want to say, I've said this before, but it's still true. One of the best things about being away is getting to come home to Christ Journey Church. I love our church. As uh, Tom Poole, one of our remarkable volunteers recently said, our church is not perfect, but it is unique in an exceptional way. I agree, and I hope you will too. You'll have reason by being here with us to find out for yourself. But to all those praying while we were away, thank you so much for your prayers. To all of those joining us from the Middle East today, we are praying for you and remembering you. Thank you so much uh, for the opportunity of serving. And then our gratitude to Pastor Ryan as he uh, launched our new series with two messages from the New Testament letter called One John, First John. Today we're in chapter two and we're picking it up in verse 15 verses 15 through 29. There's a lot of great help for us here today. And uh, to get us there, just let me say this. Every so often, every so often, our refrigerator needs purging. You know what I'm talking about. You know, the, uh, the, the leftovers in the fridge look like Petri dish live time or real time science experiments, right? Uh, the milk has outstayed its carton sell-by date. The uh, veggies are wilted. The, the lettuce is lame. Um, so how do you know what to keep and what to throw out? My experience tells me there are three tests. There's the sight test, there's the taste test, and there's the sniff test. Uh, sight test, how does it look? I think we all start there. This is, uh, this is where you can tell certain things just by looking. This doesn't belong, uh, that's going out. No way that that is going to be welcomed into this lean, mean fighting machine body. You just know by looking, something's not right there. Now, other times you may say this, well, it looks okay to me, but what do you think? Which brings us to the other two tests. Like Lisa will say to me, would you taste this and tell me if it's okay? And so you know what? Sometimes I do. Word of testimony here, that's not always wise. You know, you're basically checking to see, does it taste normal or does it taste nasty? And I believe I can honestly say that I have needlessly tasted nasty things uh, and through the year, I'm still wondering why? Which brings me to the third test. Before you needlessly subject your precious taste buds to some nasty experience and unnecessary disgusting discovery in the taste test, the sniff test is here to help. The sniff test. Sniff, sniff. Did you know your olfactory nerve sends signals from your nostrils directly to the limbic system of your brain? Without traveling through the thalamus, like all your other senses have to do. Now some say that's so that in an instant you can just feel intuitively that it's time for fight 
or flight. You don't even have to think about it. Somehow you just know something is not right here. Which brings us to the good rule of thumb in cleaning your refrigerator. When in doubt, throw it out. Our text today very astutely sees that uh, culture in this world offers would-be consumers, consumers like you and like me options of uh, opportunities, several options, and several of them just deserve to be thrown out. When they present, better just to take a pass or pitch them out. But how do you know when it's time to pass or it's time to welcome with open arms or even an open mouth? That's part of the reason that John wrote this letter, especially this section. John wants Christ followers to know we have some sniff tests that can help us in just such times. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him for everything in the world. The cravings of sinful man, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. And the world and its desires pass away. They're on their way out. They deserve to be thrown out, he's saying. But the man who does the will of God lives, lives forever. Verse 26, John tells us, I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. And then in the rest of chapter 2, I mean, he tells us who they are. He calls them out straight up. He says they are liars, they are deniers, they are leavers. These people, they don't stay, they leave. These people don't come to bring and build stability into your life. They enter the flow of your life with a specific intention of taking you away of splitting you off from Christ and the life-giving relationship that he offers with his people. He calls them antichrists. Verse 18, dear children, as you have heard the antichrist is coming, even now many antichrists have come. He calls them antichrists. So how are you going to know when you're dealing with one? Sniff test. Sniff, sniff. you got to sniff them out. But at the same time, John says that there are powerful positives at work. God's family offers truth-tellers, not liars, remainers, not leavers, declarers of the Son, not deniers of the Son of God, and lovers of God more than lovers of the world. So God counters antichrists with anointeds anointeds we'll see why we're calling them that in a moment so how can you tell the difference well sniff sniff <laughs> life is full of dangers deceptions diversions distractions and detours do you agree yes so many voices so much noise you already know something's rotten out there but how can you tell the difference between what's real and what's not be what between what what's going to give you life eternal and what's going to make you sick 
or worse spiritually sniff sniff john gives us some sniff tests here to use to evaluate what's in the cultural refrigerator today test one does the offer use creation to help you experience god as creator as good creator creator is good or self as god test number one temptation does the latter eve in the garden of eden was tempted in three ways the same three ways john mentions here the craving of sinful man that's the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and then this pride of life the opportunity to boast in what one has genesis chapter 3 verse 6 when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree that was the forbidden tree in the garden when she saw that it was good for food that means it promised to meet an appetite that it was pleasing to the eye that means it had some aesthetic appeal it actually looked good too and uh John calls that the lust of the eyes. And that it was also desirable for gaining wisdom. There's something missing in your life. It gives you something that you don't have. Something, by the way, the evil one says that you have been led to believe that God is holding out on you. God doesn't want to give you. God is keeping it from you. God is keeping you down. So Eve took it. She ate it. Only to find that it was deception that led her into destruction that's the way temptation works it promises to meet an appetite usually it looks pretty good and then promises to make you king or queen of the world you know the god of your reality especially this is, sounds especially good since somehow that other god capital g has been holding out on you but in one act of disobedience, what we see is the true nature of sin. Sniff, sniff. What are you sniffing for? One, rebellion. This is the rejection of God's kind of life in crossing the, the boundary, in violating the boundary. I'm saying, God, I want it the way I want it. Number two, idolatry. In substituting uh, creation for the creator, I'm saying I'd rather have creation and number three that's idolatry pride exalting oneself over god as ultimate sovereign that means boss who made you the boss of my life and listen when you sniff that out john says throw it out now what's the positive solution if we were to approach this on the positive side here's the summary statement i think enjoy life and guard your heart guard your heart for God don't let it be stolen from you beware of using God's good gifts in creation simply for opportunities of self-indulgence love God follow Jesus with joy that's enjoy life don't idolize the world don't idolize yourself in the world see the world as a means to a good God to God's good end and let the gift help you love the giver that's the point of the world this life is good but you're meant for more than simply an earthbound worldly existence so don't settle for the temporary use the temporary to on-ramp to the eternal
Jesus showed us how to do this. Jesus enjoyed life, so should his followers. So, Christ's followers are not rule-keeping legalists who constantly look around to somebody having a good time and then tell yourself, oh, don't do that. Stop doing that. God's going to get you if you do that. No, we enjoy life the way Jesus did. In fact, John tells us, 1 John 2, 6, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. He's our model. Test two, does it use time, does the offer use time to impact eternity, to make the most of your forever? Jesus repeatedly taught us, this world is not all there is. So, if you are living only for now in this world, then you're aiming too low. We are in this space-time continuum as an on-ramp to a larger reality in eternity. But our time here is short, and it needs to be invested wisely. So, in the short term, take the long look. You know, in athletic competition, you're on a clock. And the best coaches and the best players, the best teams, know how to value time, how to apply themselves in time to come to a winning end. They know how to use the clock to their favor, how to make it work for them, especially the last minutes of the game. Verse 18, John says, this is the last hour. The world's on a clock. We're coming to the closing minutes. Antichrists are loose in the world, but Christ followers, we have an anointing from the Holy One for just such a time. Verse 20, you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know the truth. Verse 24, what's the truth? Listen to this. See that what you heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, I mean, that's hold on to that. You will also remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what He promised us, eternal life. Now, what had they heard from the beginning? The gospel of Jesus Christ. That God was in Christ. God came in Christ to this earth to forgive our sins and then give us eternal life. Forgive our sins through the cross, offer us eternal life through the resurrection, and now by His Spirit, we can live in triumph. Now, remembering that, when antichrists are coming and making their offers and knocking, that's using time well. So what's the positive solution here? We could say it like this. Live the gospel and watch the clock. Live the gospel and watch the clock. Doesn't matter what stage you're in in life. If you're a little child or you're a teenager or you're a young adult or you're a middle age or mature adult, you never get beyond the need to watch the clock. Live the gospel, watch the clock, and make the most of your time here for eternity's sake. And the gospel is the way that we overcome the antichrists in this world. When many Christians think of antichrist, minds drift to images uh, of, like from the revelation of symbol, the, the symbols of, of seven heads and ten horns and this great red dragon that's rising up. You know what John is saying here? Is that any person, 
any group, anything that opposes or is actually substituted for Christ is an antichrist. Any person, thing, group that is substituted for Christ is an antichrist. Worldly temptations, smooth-talking spirituality, legalistic rule-keeping, all of those can be antichrist in the sense that they, uh, they keep you from using your time to do God's will. And instead, take you into diversions, distractions, deceptions. Why? So that by the end of your life, you know what? You, uh, you come to the end of your life only to discover that you have been climbing a ladder, leaning against the wrong wall. Or as Jesus said, you're on the broad road that leads to destruction. You have built your nest in a tree that's coming down. And so John is writing saying, hey, wait, wait, wait. No, get on the narrow road that leads to life in Christ. How do I do that? Remember what you heard in the beginning. The confession that Jesus is God's Christ will keep you in the will of God forever. And the anointing of his spirit on your life, that's how we stay true in the midst of Antichrist. Test three, does the offer say this? Do it your way. Or stay connected in community. Sniff, sniff. <laughs> Have you noticed how each one of these offers <laughs> twists the good gifts of God? The gift of creation, good. The gift of time, the gift of fellowship. That's the third one. The gift of influence. That people have now you already know this uh, but John reminds us that people have influence in our lives who you let in to your circle has influence on the impact of your life and so what he's writing he says you know they can be tremendous helps or they can be tremendous hindrances or bring hurt how do you sniff out the difference there were people in John's day, he says, they're deliberately trying to distract you, deceive you, and create distrust. Why? So that believers would fall away. They'd get tripped up, and then they'd fall away. People were being led away from Christ by others in their lives. Led away from his church. You know how when a predator, um, a predator lion wants to, take, to kill a zebra, you know the strategy? It's peel it off from the herd, and it will be easier prey by itself, all by itself. The devil knows this strategy. He uses it all the time with believers. So may I just jump right to the application here? Don't do life apart from the church, away from the body. Listen, body parts don't do so well when they're cut off from the body. Arms and legs, body parts, you know, they tend to die when they're separated from the trunk. So stay connected. That's where the life is here. Believers are at risk when they are absent from the fellowship. So what's the positive solution? Stick together, connected in community. Stick together, connected in community. This passage, the entire passage, is written in second person plural. You know what that means? It means not 
to you as an individual, but to all y'all as a community. This is written to our community, our series, our community. This is about that. Christianity isn't a solo act. It's not for individuals. This Christianity is koinonia. That Greek word means community, our fellowship. Not ego-driven. The love of the Father keeps his spiritual family together. And that's a good thing because there are forces in this world that are trying to lead us astray. There are predators. There are antichrists who are posturing themselves. They are lying and trying to peel us away from the herd, away from the fellowship so that we'll be easy prey. So what's the positive response? Hey, stay aware and stick together. Sniff, sniff. Now I need to say this to some of you who are watching us online. I'm so happy that you're making your connection digitally with us. But if you are local here in South Florida and you are using a digital opportunity as an excuse to stay disconnected, to not connect relationally, then I really need to say this to you. You're cheating yourself and you're placing yourself at risk. Now, don't be offended at me. Hear my heart on this one. But when you could come and get connected to the body, that's where the strength is. So don't settle for less when the opportunity is for you. And let me tell everybody else, you know, do it your way, that's not a Bible verse. Do it by yourself, that's not a Bible verse. The scripture is talking about living life connected in community together. When we do it by ourselves, that's an invitation into isolation. And when the evil day comes, you will find yourself apart from the support and encouragement that God wants you to have in community. So sniff that deception out before it finds you out and then takes you out. Remember, when in doubt, throw it out. Sniff, sniff. Your spiritual enemy does not want you to spend eternity in community with God. He doesn't want you spending time in community with God. He wants you busying your life, climbing the ladder to so-called success, never looking around or back until the end of your life when you discover too late that you built your ladder against the wrong wall. Don't be that guy. <coughs> don't be the sniff. Don't, don't be that guy. Be the sniff test guy. You know, the, the, uh, don't be the antichrist. Don't be with them, but be one of the anointed. What do I mean? One who enjoys life and guards your heart for God. One who lives the gospel and watches the clock. One who sticks together and stays connected in community with his body. Be one who filters every opportunity and every offer through Jesus Christ. You know, Instagram offers several filters. These are different shades that you can, uh, you can shade your image before posting it. And some of them are pretty cool. But do you know what Jesus can do, do for you? Hashtag no filter a life give you a life of hashtag no filter when you meet pure jesus undefiled unedited he doesn't need doctoring up with filters 
In fact, he's the best filter that you can use. His purifying power can give you insight to sort through all of the smoke and mirrors and the deceptions that work in the world, all of the icky stuff that's growing in the cultural refrigerator so that you'll know what to throw out and then what to welcome in and keep it real. Hashtag no filter life. Christ's offer to you. Here's how he promised it in the Gospel of John. Jesus said, whoever believes in me, put your trust in me, streams, streams of living water will flow from within him. Verse 39 says, and by this he meant the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine the pure, clean, clear, refreshing flow of God's presence in you, spiritual living water flowing in you, to you, through you in this world? That's the anointing of the Holy One that can handle any of our last hour antichrists that are unleashed on us. Now my belief is that we are in a time of visitation god wants to give more multiplied blessings to his church family but we're in a time of visitation now i saw this in beirut i just returned from a time of service in the middle east and our host told us there that we had in the jesus celebration where i was privileged to speak we had over 1100 people each of the three nights that we were there three thousand people total and when uh, over three thousand each night when i offered the prayer opportunity to come to know Jesus as your friend, to experience the forgiveness that God has for you, and then the life that he can bring to you. Scores of hands went up. And then in response, we said, now if you raised your hand, would you come to the altar and let us ask God's blessing upon you? And the altar was cramped. By the end of the experience, over 100 people had signed their name and said, I am praying to follow Jesus. I was talking to a young man, one of those, who actually had come to Christ about a year and a half ago. He was from a mystery religion background, an ancient religion that's found there in Lebanon. And, uh, and he said he'd been following Jesus for a little over a year. And I said, well, um, how did that happen? He said, well, at first, I had no interest in someone who had been crucified. I mean, crucifixion is brutal. It's violent. It's murder. Why would I want to follow somebody who had succumbed to that? And then he said, I came to understand that he died for compassion. God in love offering himself for me. And that changed everything. I spoke with another man, another refugee dad from Syria, who told me that his um, 11-year-old son had been kidnapped by militants, and he hadn't seen him in seven years. I mean, some of the stories were heartbreaking. And yet we were worshiping together in his uh, experience of faith in Christ. And I asked him how, actually he had said, I said, how, how does your experience now differ from what you used to know? And he said, I mean, his face lit up. He had a big smile. He just pointed skyward. He said, wonderful. And then he told me that if he hadn't come to Beirut and brought his family, they probably would never have known Jesus in this way. 
have you met Jesus? Do you know Jesus in the fullness of joy, the forgiveness of sin, the friendship that comes when because of the love of the Son you experience the Father and come to know the anointing of His Spirit flowing in you? Let me tell you, this is God's plan to overcome any antichrists when you find yourself on the clock but really want to live for more. Would you pray with me? Gracious Father, we thank you for the opportunity that the sniff tests have brought to us today. And I'm praying for somebody right now who is sniffing it out. And we pray that your spirit would guide them into all truth and that they would find themselves drawn close to you and their hearts becoming lighter and warmer because of you. I pray for brothers and sisters in Christ who've been fighting a good fight but have found themselves distracted and have been trying to stave off the, uh, the predators. Would this day be a day of encouragement for them? And Father, we especially pray for somebody who's thirsty for pura vida, for pure life, unfiltered in Jesus Christ, our living water, would you pour yourself out upon them as they trust you now? And if that's you, then here's a prayer you can offer. Lord Jesus, come into my life, forgive my sins, cleanse my heart, and fill me with your spirit that your life can lead my life from this day forward. In your name we pray, amen.